Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. Our compulsory third-party team is passionate about all things CTP. They have extensive knowledge of the complexities of CTP cases and have seen everything from a heated liability dispute, an alternative blameless accident allegation, a nuanced causation issue, and an economic loss claim with family trusts and an offshore bank account, and even a claim for replacement care for the family budgie. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Welcome back to the Proper Lookout podcast. My name is Eden Christopher, an associate at McCabe Kerwood. I'm joined again today by my fellow associate, James Kang. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back. Now, James and I prepared a podcast on contributory negligence specifically in relation to pedestrian bicycle accidents a couple of weeks ago. Today, we're going to talk about what findings of contributory negligence have been made in instances where the plaintiff or the defendant have been intoxicated. James, do you want to give us a rundown of contributory negligence? Sure. So, just by way of revision, contributory negligence is the failure by a person to take reasonable care for his or her own safety which contributes to the harm the person suffers. Now, it's all about reducing an injured plaintiff's damages by such a percentage as is just and equitable. Okay, so in essence, if you're injured but you've also done something stupid, which is found to have contributed to your injury, a finding of contributory negligence will be made against you. That's right. And it's all about looking at relative culpability. Now, in relation to alcohol, Section 138 of the Motor Accidents Compensation Act says that a finding of contributory negligence must be made in circumstances where it comes to intoxication. And there's two circumstances. First, where the plaintiff has been convicted of an alcohol or other drug-related offence in relation to a motor accident. And second, where the plaintiff was a voluntary passenger in a vehicle driven by a person they knew or ought to have been known to be intoxicated. Okay. So we all know the decision of Yoslin and Berryman. This is a good one to look at in relation to when the legislation says ought to have been aware, when the plaintiff ought to have been aware that the defendant driver uh, was intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, Mr. Berryman, the plaintiff, was a passenger in the vehicle driven by his friend, Ms. Yoslin, who was a defendant. They'd both been drinking out all night the night before and ended up hitting the hay at about 4 a.m. Mr. Berryman slept in the truck. Ms. Yoslin slept in the swag next to the truck. Only a couple of hours later, after a night of drinking, they wake up and they go on a Macca's run. Mr. Berryman gets them safely to Macca's. Mm-hmm. They have their filet of fish or mm-hmm. a uh, Big Mac. Oh, <laughs> and um, Mr. Berryman drives them away from Macca's. Uh, but at some point, he starts dozing off. And Ms. Jocelyn mm-hmm. says, hey, well, I'll drive here. You're dozing off. It's, it's no good. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Berryman hands over the keys and Ms. Jocelyn starts driving the vehicle. Anyway, they go around a corner and <laughs> car turns over. Mr. Berryman gets injured, commences a action against the defendant for damages. Hmm. So what could be the finding of contributory negligence there? I'm thinking at least 50-50. Well, this one had a complex procedural history, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of different findings. The trial judge found 25%. Mm-hmm. The Court of Appeal then found 0% contributory 0%. negligence. Yeah. And then the High Court said, no, nah, you've all got to think about that the plaintiff ought to have been aware. They've been out drinking the night before. So they remitted it back to the Court of Appeal. And the Court of Appeal found 60% contributory negligence. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. So it wasn't all about the intoxication, though. Uh, Miss Joslin, who was the defendant, she had also been unlicensed for some time, which Mr. Berryman knew. 
and she right. was also an inexperienced driver, which Mr. Berryman also knew. So that's mm. not just purely the intoxication element. That's a couple of other elements as well. Mm. So obviously you've got to weigh up all those factors and add them up. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, a lot of different factors to, in there to consider, which is almost always usually the case. Um, I want to give an example of where there are some others weighing against finding of contributory negligence, and that's a case of non-defendant and Buck Cooper. Now, in this case, they're two mates. They've been drinking, and they thought it was a good idea to go for a joyride in their unregistered off-road motorbikes at around 5.15 a.m. Neither of the bikes were fitted with headlights, so they had poor vision. Two ended up riding towards each other, and the defendant crossed onto the plaintiff side of the road, and they collided. Now, what do you think? Uh, what's your assessment on these facts? I was thinking 50-50 to begin with, like, you know, both drunk, both have decided to go out on off-road motorbikes late at night in the dark with no headlights, right up until you said that the defendant crossed over to the wrong side of the road. Mm, so how far across did he go? Quite a bit, one and a half metres. Well, I'm thinking 70% to the defendant and 30% to the plaintiff. Mm. What did the trial judge think? That's a very, very close estimate because the trial judge made a contributory negligence finding of 33% against the plaintiff. He compared the conduct of each party and said the defendant was more intoxicated than the plaintiff, was traveling 10 kilometers per hour over the speed limit, failed to hear the plaintiff engine approaching and keep to his side of the road, and of course, crossed over to the wrong side of the road. These are all the ordinary things that we consider in contributory negligence, which have to be considered amongst and in conjunction with the alcohol intoxication. Okay, so... um what did the Court of Appeal think? And the Court of Appeal agreed and they thought the trial judge was spot on and basically said that when you assess relative culpability, you have to consider the breaches of fundamental duties to keep a proper lookout and keep to the left and stay on your side of the road and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, he mm. crossed over the wrong side of the road by a meter and a half. So it makes sense that he was found mostly to blame when you compare the conduct of the two parties. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll leave it there for today, everyone. If you want to hear more examples of intoxicated plaintiffs or defendants and any other assessments of contributory negligence, just please send us an email and we'll keen to do another podcast on these series. And if you want to read the cases that we've discussed today, we've left the links for you to follow. And until next time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.